Yeah, I'm just gonna let you riff. What are you doing, Beth? My cat has something to say. Another week goes by. I've had it's. I look. Here's the thing, and I'll be honest with you, all thirty of our consistent listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got one fact for this episode. I did prepare a mini game. I have, right. I have one fact. Okay. Uh, I don't feel good. I took off work today because I don't feel good. Um, I have an eight-page affidavit of theft that I have to fill out for my car. Affidavit? Affidavit. I thought I was off a dot it. No. Oh. Okay. I, like, paused for a second, and I was like, no, I've watched so much true crime. I'm positive I'm correct. I'm just annoying. I'd be shocked. I wasn't saying that, like, I know this because I know true crime. I'm saying this just because I have to be right all of the time. I would be shocked if I was... I've heard that that word so many times. So I will say... There is one thing you're wrong about. God damn it. <laughs> you got to stop setting me up for incredible segues, my brother. Yeah, my brother in Christ. My brother in Christ. To my- add to my list of horrible things that are going on. We watched back to back, I think, the 13 musical, and then the next day watched this one. Well, so that's technically not back to back. Days. Back to back days. Which for you is a lot of movies in a 48 a hour time span. That's a lot of movies. I've definitely done more movies within 48 hours. Oh, yeah, hours, sure. But... My, but have you done two bad movies? No, wait, you like this movie. Well, I'm sorry. No, I haven't done one very bad movie and one movie that I think is the best movie of 2022, if that's have what you're you, asking. Have you ever watched two movies that you did not like in a row? Like in, in, I'm sure I in have. Like, how does that feel for you? Do you think? I mean, for me, it's always some sort of education. <laughs> I'm always like, well, I'm learning. I like to, I, there are very few movies that I see zero worth in. Yeah. Honestly, 13 the Musical is one of them. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. But in general, I can see worth in almost anything I watch because I'm annoying and because I know I'm going to make a clunker one day. So I want people to give me that same grace. I will watch your clunker and I'll probably like it. Or I'll watch your manifesto and I'll hate it because I don't get good opinions. Is that, is that the opposite of a clunker for you as a manifesto? I mean, unless your manifesto is bad, I guess, right? <gasps> if you were to come out with Midsommar, if you had written it, I would consider that like a manifesto. Okay. Puppet Bachelor, definitely. <laughs> definitely your manifesto. Delaney, you're drinking a chocolate, nope, coffee martini? Espresso martini. Yes, that. <laughs> I'm drinking an iced coffee. An actual coffee. An iced coffee from Starbucks because I slept until... 10 30 11 today mm-hmm. and just realized an hour ago i hadn't had any coffee and that's probably why i have a headache uh and then when delaney wasn't looking i put some baileys in it i'm i have three different liqueurs in my drink right now and you think i'm gonna judge you for putting baileys in your eyes no i'm just proud of myself for doing something without you noticing <laughs> are you gonna be annoying yes I got her if toys. If you hear a slightly different jingle in the background than normal. I got her a Nekoichi little bow collar. I got her a cat tower. And I thought this would make her feel better. It's only made her worse. <laughs> so. Well, I know what'll make you feel better. Welcome to Stop Your Ruining It. This is a podcast about movies. I'm Delaney and I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I know you said that Midsommar was going to be the podcast where we just start fighting, but it might be this and one. And I'm Natalie, and I do not this movie. <laughs> you don't any, yeah, pure neutral. It's like how the opposite of love is um, apathy. Apathy, yeah. That's you towards this movie. You don't even hate it. You just, it does not have space in your brain. It, I, it can't. I can't let it. This week's movie is Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Now, I don't think that, this mm-hmm. is an interesting thing for me, because uh, we watched this movie. First time we watched it, I did not like it. No. I was scared. I found it very scary. Genuinely frightening. We laughed yesterday. Yeah. It was still scary, though. 
I found it funny until it got scary. What do you mean? It was cute and funny, and then all of a sudden it started getting fucking wild, and I was like, I'm uncomfortable. And normally I would do research and bring it in for, like, a thing. Now, this one, you did your thesis on... A 65-page Media Studies thesis on uh, the uncanny valley and animation as an inherent form of body horror. Right. So... Like, not just, like, the progress of animation, different forms of animation and how they relate to the uncanny valley and make us scared of it. Right. So I was like, well, unless I come in with information about chipmunks or uh, the cabinet maker, Tom (laughs) Chippendale... Uh, or the Chippendale dancers, or those. That was my idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I simply don't think I can really contribute a lot of information, and luckily, I don't feel good. So this did work. So it's out. a win-win. I have one I, fact. I get to talk about a movie that I think I wrote. Yeah. Like in, my, like I think I got like conked out for two years and wrote the, this movie. <laughs> Is that what happened my senior year? That's what I, happened your senior I don't year. remember anything from my senior year, so this must be the reason. Um, Definitely not a trauma response. No, 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 no. You just were busy at work doing this, but your brain was not able to, to uh, your mortal brain could not comprehend. I, I was looking forward to this movie. Really? Um, the trailer for this dropped earlier in the year. And because it premiered in Hollywood on May 16th, dropped on Disney Plus on May 20th, there was like a month there where me and Sydney were like, is this going to premiere at Cannes? Oh my God. Because <laughs> Sydney loves Andy Samberg. Um, uh, yes, I'm familiar. Generally, Lonely Island. This is directed by Akiva Schaefer. I do love Lonely Island. Um, I did not do this for a mini game, but I did consider for a minute doing my mini game as is this a quote from Chippendale Rescue Rangers or Alvin and the Chipmunks? <laughs> or um, Alvin and the Chipmunks the Squeakle? I was going to say, would that also include Chipwrecked? Yes, Chipwrecked. Alvin course. and the Chipmunks three Chipwrecked. Yeah, and then I was like looking at quotes from this movie, and I literally like the third quote that they have. Is a, a quote by Ugly Sonic about a semen teeth. <laughs> and I was like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm just going to go ahead. I, this is not going to work. I can't do it. So I have a different mini game, and I have one fact. <laughs> but this was not only produced by the entire Lonely Island. All three of them produced it. Andy is Dale, and Akiva is um, the director. And, and so... Chip. Oh. And Chip is John Mulaney. <laughs> Sorry, you were talking about the people you had already mentioned. Yes. Not just the people working on this movie. I have one fact. <laughs> so I've heard... I've heard tell now you also, that you have one fact. Um, it came out while we were in Cannes, but did not premiere. It did not premiere at Cannes. Now, which, Lightyear was supposed to premiere at Cannes, right? Lightyear was heavily favored to premiere at Cannes. It was never confirmed, but people mm. were like, "Oh, clearly Lightyear's going to premiere." I at mean, Cannes. what else could could you possibly expect? Um, for, and then for such a high when fact. they finally released the lineup, Lightyear just wasn't on it. <laughs> could you imagine if I saw Lightyear and Chippendale Rescue Rangers at Cannes Film Festival? I, the other day, had to try to explain to a group of my friends, a pair of my friends and their friends, why I had seen Lightyear twice without mentioning this stupid podcast. And honestly, I, I don't think I did a good job. I, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was hard for me. I had a hard time. But then I came home and didn't get to watch it until... Like, a month into us living here. Yeah. Like, it took me a bit to actually watch it. And I was very excited for it because I love Lonely Island. I love Andy Samberg. John Mulaney was a pivotal part of my... Yeah, we got a pin. I'm walking on pins and needles We on know John Mulaney. We saw John Mulaney live. We've seen live. John Mulaney live. I would see John Mulaney live again. He keeps announcing new dates and none of them are California. That's fine. I, I don't... Keep, I keep, like, he'll announce new dates and I'll be like... Oh, if one's in LA, but then he keeps announcing places that aren't LA. So <laughs> he just stands outside his house, Boston, and goes back inside. Not only all of those things, which I, because like, I'm also, I'm 
the coolest version of a Disney adult I think you can be. I'm a Disney adult, but I'm not annoying about it. Hey. No, I'm just trying to process, like, what, what, so you said you're the, the, so the coolest possible version of a Disney adult is one that's not annoying. Yes. Cool. It's still lame to care about Disney this much at the age of 23, but I'm not, like, gonna have, like, a Disney-themed wedding. We are going to Disneyland, though. And I am making an itinerary. But I think, I, I'm, a, I'm a very logical Disney adult. I'm not, like, I'm not gonna get- You're not like other Disney adults. I'm not gonna get a tattoo of the castle- like a Disney sleeve. Yeah, but you would get like maybe a tasteful tattoo of the castle. Yes. Yes. Okay. That's so that's where we're at. Um, I don't have Disney Plus. Okay. Just to give, I guess, the context <laughs> to where I'm at is that I never got Disney Plus. So. And so for all of those reasons, I was already excited about this movie. And then the fact that it is quite literally like the entire plot revolves around the thing I spent an entire right, year right, researching. Right. Like it, it's kind of bonkers mm-hmm. <laughs> that... That this movie is so attuned to me, but also, like, and this will be my thesis, bonkers that this movie got made. Delaney and I had very different experiences watching this movie. And I think you're right. This may be a scarier podcast episode for me than Midsommar. This might be actually more frightening. I have one fact. <laughs> oh, sorry. I don't think I've caught um, how many facts you've brought and to I, the pod I, today. I'm actually very excited about my minigame. You're going to hate my minigame. I think you're going to like my minigame. I hope I will. I watch this movie and go, first of all, insane that it got made by Disney. Right. Like it's, I it's, agree, it, yeah. it is very self-aware, but it's very self-aware in the same way that Who Framed Roger Rabbit is very like aware of tropes in, you know, the time period, tropes in Hollywood, like its place in the canon. I have not canon. seen it. Great fucking movie. I don't think you would like that one either. No, probably not. Although I do Because your that. issue seems to be with the 2D animation alongside the real... No, I like the 2D. I don't like the 3D animation. How is this different from Detective Pikachu? Because Detective Pikachu's is better. What if I told you the same VFX company Mm. did both of these characters? I can explain. Because Detective Pikachu, it is meant to feel more immersive. You're you're supposed to feel like these people are in this world with these Pokemon. And like, it's like not, like they're, they're made to look more like they'd be real. Versus this is just putting a 3D Dale into the world and going go or that guy from skyrim i think is what that guy is from just like in it because they keep because they kept the style everything in pokemon detective pikachu has a consistent style because it was worked on by the same team to like achieve the same goal right so this is referential to so much stuff that it just your issue is with the inconsistency not yeah 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 is is that um there's not one continuous style to like make it all cohesive right which is the plot of the movie. Yeah. And but, which makes me really impressed with the movie. Like, I, know, like, I, I, I genuinely like that. Like that it's because it's really hard to do um, 2D and live action combined. Like obviously who framed Roger Robert did R- Roger Robert. Who framed Roger Robert. <laughs> I would kill myself. <laughs> I would consider Detective Pikachu closer to the live action Jungle Book under the spectrum. Than to like the Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Rob, Roger Rabbit. See, it's <laughs> hard. It, rather than the Who Framed Roger Rabbit end of the spectrum, right? Because technically, that also in is it's animation is three yeah. D animation, mm-hmm. but in Jungle Book, you're not supposed to feel like it's right, right. Yeah, I get it. Um, Delaney's mad because I actually made a point. No, I I, I think I just and my answer wasn't. I like Pokemon. I do like Pokemon. I know you do like Pokemon. Don't forget, though, I do like Pokemon. <laughs> you love Pokemon. You've never seen an episode of Chippendale Rescue Rangers in your life. No. I, I, I honestly, like, just learned today it was, in fact, like, a real show. 
I understood con- like conceptually it was a real show. And you know what I read is that they weren't even going to put Chip and Dale in it. That originally uh, the the mouse with like the fucking popped collar or whatever was supposed to be just the lead. But they didn't feel like he could take it himself. Like he couldn't carry the show on his own. So they're like, we need to put someone else in here. And they were like, okay, well you could do like Bugs Bunny. You could do whatever. And they're like, or you, I guess Chip and Dale. And they went, you know what? Perfect. We'll just throw Chip and Dale in this. That's not my one fact. <laughs> so you have two facts. Yeah. The the, the way this movie, st- I guess we'll go through the plot. I, I I just like talking about it as as a movie. Like as, as as a piece of art. <laughs> Similar to Midsommar, I did little research so that you could have my research time. <laughs> but in the world of this movie, Chip and Dale are actors who, um, first of all, I think I grew up thinking that Chip and Dale were brothers. This says, no, they're friends. Um, I will say... I have a, okay, this is not my one fact. I have another fact, but this this is, that is the commonly held belief. They Mm -hmm. officially are not brothers. One animator said he used them as brothers. Right. And everyone's like, they must be brothers. Technically, I do believe that the movie's following the correct canon, which is that they're not brothers. My my thing wasn't that like, oh, this is going against canon. My thing was like, oh, I I just was wrong. (laughs) Because I know Disney better than to go against their own goddamn canon. Like they have. I don't know. Maybe Lightyear. That one doesn't count. That doesn't count. That's like a psychological experiment. Like that's going to be studied in a thesis one day. But um, it starts with like, oh, they meet in elementary school. They become best friends. And then they move to Hollywood and become actors in Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. And so it's like shown to us. But it's also like, it's it's an interesting way to get around the voices. Yes. I, I think that's an interesting plot device being like, oh, they are actors in a scripted... It's almost like how um, Miley Cyrus was playing Miley Stewart. So like she was playing like, you know, it was her name, and but her it was a character. And yeah. so it's like, they're playing Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers, but they're putting on little chipmunk voices. Which honestly... Makes sense too, just because like you want to get your money out of Andy Samberg and John Mulaney. No, yeah, like, it, and also it would have been annoying if this like I love the Goofy movie. I love the Goofy movies. I love an extremely Goofy movie. I think they are like pinnacles of cinema. It can get tiring to hear Goofy's voice trying to deliver like super dramatic lines. Now I love Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin and the Chipmunks the Squeakle, and Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked mm-hmm. very much. So, is that just the joke? Is there a punchline here? Oh no! I just I like I like those movies. Oh cool! I never saw past the first one. You didn't? No. Um, I like those movies. I also like that the voice. You, do you know who that the middle the Justin McCartney? Yeah, but did you know Simon is voiced by Matthew Greg Ubler? Yes, I did. Who plays fucking Spencer reading Criminal Minds? I, I did know this. And Jesse McCartney. Yeah, I'm like, why is this? I was a big Theodore girl. He's a little chunky one. I want to know why Matthew Greg Ubler can only play the same character in everything, which is like tall, lanky, and smart. I want to know why John Mulaney can play the same character and everything, which is tall, lanky, and rah! This chipmunk's not tall. He's taller, like, a little bit. He's, like, a little bit lankier than me. We don't know the size of normal chipmunks. <laughs> Although it is interesting. They, uh, when you look at, like, the Chip and Dale character Wikipedia page, they're like, oh, Chip is the smart one, the yes. one who gets things done, and Dale is the dumb one, the, like, more, like, comic one. And they address that in the yeah. plot, where Dale's like, oh, yeah, I'm the dumb one. Initially, they were just two of the same chipmunk. Do you know? I don't know if this is your one fact or not. Do you know the how to distinguish between Chip and Dale? Their noses. Well, which one has which? Dale has the red nose. Chip does not. Chip has a chocolate chip for a nose. That that's how I remember it. Isn't I mean, that? Oh, I see, I see. So is Chip that... has a normal nose. <laughs> so it's like Chip's nose is brown because it looks like a chocolate, chocolate chip. chip. See, no, I went. You know, the, this one, one of these things is not like the other, and it's this one with the giant red nose. <laughs> but how do you remember that that one's Dale? Because it looks stupid, and he's stupid. Okay, fair. 
Fair. Thank you. I give it. That. I I will give that to you. Thank you. Um. <laughs> Thank you. But basically, this is a world where <laughs> that was my one fact. <laughs> What your one fact one is? Fact is Chip has a black nose. <laughs> um, it's it's in the um. I I likened it to Zootopia yesterday. Yeah, where Which it, I do like Zootopia. Yeah, it's a great movie. It where, has the same plot as this movie. Yeah, like I said in Detective Pikachu, a lot of these you know, um, movies that are about different like creatures or different breeds, you know, yeah. coexisting. It's always like, oh, there's a mysterious thing going on that's making them bad. Yeah. Um, in this movie, it is so. There's there's a, there's a few layers to this. Basically, the the early plot is uh, Dale ends up getting another show other than Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. He Double decides to take Double O Dale, which was a reference to a cut Disney show uh, that they were working on called Double O Duck. Is that your fact? No, oh. <laughs> that's not my fact. <laughs> but um, then Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers gets canceled, and then they like have this big fight, and they don't talk for thirty. Double years. O Dale also gets canceled. To be clear, just to, just in case you're following the Double O Dale canon. <laughs> And so when we come back 30 years later, yes. we're in a world where, and again, it's just smart. Like, this is just one of those things that I would have, like, thought of in the shower and been like, oh, fuck, that's good. Where um, 2D characters, their version of plastic surgery is becoming 3D animated. Right. But you can be born a 3D animated thing. Yes. I'm assuming. Yes. It's like, it's like, um, like, liken it to plastic surgery. You can be born having the, like ideal body you can be born with big boobs and a i would waist. know that was me no i'm kidding that's not um, so like some people yeah are born like that some people just look like that some people are made that way but other people are going to right like procedures to get that uh-huh and so the the plot device in this movie you know that i would liken to the detective pikachu r or the zootopia crazy gas yeah whatever it is whatever the fuck it was called is there is someone in this hollywood where you know live action and 2d and 3d all you know, coexist, who is taking 2D animated characters, erasing their mouths, and like, and like selling them for parts to bootleg movies. Right. Again, I- I'm just gonna keep saying, it's just so fucking smart. So scary looking. I know, I know it is, but I just so creepy. genuinely, you can tell. <laughs> this is already a mess. It is, it is. <laughs> uh, where were we? Is it recording? It sure is. I just watched Delaney's life flash before her eyes as my computer started screaming metal. I could tell. It's not the first time it started screaming. No, I could tell in her eyes. I could just tell by looking at her that she was ready to go look for one bedroom apartments. I don't like noise. I know you don't like noise. You also don't like me not being able to do things. I'm having a rough few days. That's that's less my problem and more the fact that I think Belial. The god of death emitted from your laptop. He did, and that's fine. I have, look, I have to get a new laptop. He was screaming. It's <laughs> he like needs the, help. It was the ugliest, like, mechanical scream, and I need a new laptop. <laughs> but I need a new car. <laughs> Everything in my life is falling apart. I'm just, I literally, I'm just sitting here waiting as things careen until I hit the bottom before I try to scrape my way back up. Anyway, I'm fine. Where were we? I'm fine. Luckily, the first half recorded and was fine, because when I went to listen to it, if it didn't work, I was going to cry. <laughs> I was literally going to cry. Because you don't want to talk about this movie more I'm than you have to. I'm still barely off the edge of tears. <laughs> uh, so if there's a like change in audio, that's honestly my fault. Uh, like most things in my life, also my fault. Oh, um, the China. 
Great, 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 great. So they, they, they find this out because they're contacted by their former Rescue Rangers co-star, Monterey Jack. Yes. Um, um, who owes money <laughs> to the mob because he's addicted to stinky cheese, which they use as a... Is, is this your fact? Is your fact about John Mulaney's it's rehab? It's not about John Mulaney's rehab. This is the other thing I don't like about this movie that I think gets me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things where it's just a me thing. Mm-hmm. I hate when metaphors don't hold up all the way. So stuff like this, I'm like, okay, well, explain to me then how this... Because I understand it's like an off... like a, It's like a throwaway joke that like, oh, stinky cheese is basically meth or whatever the fuck. But I was like, no, you need to explain this to me. Because you can get regular cheese. You can't get... They go and they're like, you have any cheese? He's like, yeah, I have plenty. And they're like, you have any stinky cheese? He's like, are you the cops? And I'm like, wait, wait, no, no, no. Dial back. Do, are humans not able to find this cheese? Like, is this a world where there's just no monster cheese? I don't... I, also, my next question that I do have, I, and then I'll stop. I'll stop talking forever, I promise. <laughs> is there no animation in this, in this world? Would everything be considered live action? Yes. Cool. Not my question. Well, but like also like they clearly see the, like the difference between Chip and Dale. So like it, it would just be like if it, it's it's a world where live action isn't the only type. Like animation exists, but it exists exists as its own like species. Mm-hmm. Okay. Neat. I don't know whether that canonically means Walt Disney exists in this universe. I was or about not. I was about to say you just raised a lot more questions for me. Um. Such as any intellectual property. <laughs> Sometimes. And I know that's the point of this podcast. <laughs> I'm, I'm ruining it. Sometimes it's okay. And sometimes I would argue better for things to go unexplained. Because <laughs> if this movie spent two and a half hours explaining the intricacies of life itself, it's like the whole... Where are the organs in the cars and cars? How do they procreate? How do they make children? That doesn't matter. I don't worry about those things. So why? Do you... So you just see the baby cars in the cars movies, and you're like, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. Look, if anything about the cars movies is confusing to me, it's that the bugs are also cars. <laughs> There's anything about the cars movie that I would be concerned about is that bugs are just small cars. <laughs> but Monterey Jack. Oh no, you you continue. Are they beetles? I think they're beetles. Yeah. Yeah. They're just a little beetle. <laughs> Which again, it's funny. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to not explain things for a little laugh. There is if there's one sentence Delaney hates more than any sentence in the world, it's how come Goofy and Pluto are both dogs, but Goofy like walks around and like is a person, but it's the same Pluto's a dog. It's the same thing as the Pixar theory, where people look at animated movies, which are intrinsically not real life, because yes. that's how animation works. Yes. And go, I'm going to apply every single form of real life logic. All logic goes here. To this animated movie. They're like, well, if Woody exists as a um, you know, as an Easter egg in Monsters Inc., that means they exist in the same universe. We draw these things. So do you- these movies are the products of our hands. You're gonna hate our, what I have to say now. Our hands make these movies. They're not real. They are for pure enjoyment. Did they make Lightyear to dismantle the Pixar theory? Honestly, I hope so. How the fuck is the Pixar are the Pixar theorists putting Lightyear? I anywhere? know for a fact that the Super Carlin brothers have made like a how does Lightyear fit into the Pixar Pixar theory? I don't give a fuck. It doesn't. <laughs> I don't. The Pixar like. If your theory as to how an animated universe makes sense involves people turning into monsters and then into cars, yes, I don't think it's a good theory. 
uh, if you want to put light ear into the Pixar theory, you have to then explain to me how Star Wars now fits into the Pixar theory. <sighs> Sorry, that's not at all the podcast we're doing. Anyway, no, I mean, that's the it, podcast. It's not the episode. It, <laughs> I just start singing. <laughs> I feel like I need to explain also that an entire chapter of my thesis was about the Polar Express. And I got the entire idea for the thesis because people kept coming up to me saying, I hate the Polar Express. And it's I went, movie. And I went, why? And they went, it's creepy. True. Why do you hate this movie? This movie? Yeah. Okay, but that... (laughs) So, here's the thing. The Polar Express is a beautiful movie. (laughs) I've never really had a problem with the animation in it. I know know it's like a famous example of Uncanny Valley. Mm. I've never gotten Uncanny Valley vibes from it. And I think it's because it came out in that point of time when... And I read... read, This is not my one fact. I read how Pixar was like, oh, after Tin Toy... The baby and tin toy. We're not going to do humans. We realize. We realize unless you can nail it, don't fucking bother. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why um, they didn't do it until Incredibles, and even then, they were very um, right. stylized humans. So Polar Express came out during a time when like Sid from Toy Story was a thing that was just mm-hmm. out there. So I was like, this is fine. I um. One the of songs my, are so pretty. One of my notes. Um, we're not going to go chronologically through the plot because I have too many things. To say. I don't remember the plot. <laughs> it's okay. So they mention. When they go to get to talk to like the drug dealer, who's a Muppet? Who is a Muppet who deals cheese. Who deals they cheese. They go, they have to track the cheese. I, um, for some reason, feel like we have to do the plot for the people listening to this who have never seen it. And this is how they get their information for all two of you. But One um, of whom's me. When they, when they go to like talk to this guy, because to get to the plot up until this point, Monterey Jack is like, oh, I owe these people a lot of money. Also, there's um, a black market out there taking toys. Toons. Toons. <laughs> Taking tunes and selling them to bootleggers. Yes. And then Monterey Jack goes missing, so they have to find him. Yes. Thus the plot. Because they're like, we don't want him to be bootlegged. They go to like find this place where Monterey Jack is getting his dip. Yeah. <laughs> um, getting his fix. And they say, they get there and they're like, oh, this is the Uncanny Valley. It's yes. like a little in-joke. They're like, you gotta go talk to Sweet Pete. He's the one who does all this stuff. I'm just here to sell cheese. <laughs> also, don't ask me about how Muppets fit into the whole animation <laughs> thing. And get out of my cheese store. Um, but like they see the cats from Cats, and it's like, oh, we're in the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, they see um, the guy who I literally think is from Skyrim. But they see this guy from Skyrim who is voiced by Seth Rogen. Um, <laughs> it is, yeah. And they say, oh, um, he's got the pol-, like they say quote for quote, and I wrote this in my notes. He's got the Polar Express eyes. Right. And they use that as like, a, oh, like that's how he's in the Uncanny Valley because he never looks like he's fully looking at you. Again, this is an entire chapter of. <laughs> And the reason is because the Polar Express was um, mocap. It was right. not like normal 3D animation. Mm-hmm. And so for those of you who don't know how motion capture works, it's like you have a shit ton of you know little sensors and dots all over your face, but they could not little put balls. sensors in... like Your the, eyeball? Well, in your eyeball, but also in the corners, uh-huh. like the corner of your eye or the corner of your mouth because they would move too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but they like, you know, get the general character motion from those sensors and then they have to fill in the gaps. Right, right. And so it wasn't until very recently... So how most video games are made. Yes. It wasn't until very recently that they were able to track eyeball movement. And so, you know, they would have these actors acting out the full scenes, and they would get most of their motion from the sensors, but then they'd have to put in their eyes. And so, like, especially before we had kind of, like, eye-tracking technology, they would have to just fill in those gaps with eyes, and so they wouldn't have the exact gaze that the actor had when making those choices. You kind right. of have to approximate it. And the thing with 
mocap. And the people who were filling in the eyes had never seen a person. <laughs> and the thing with mocap is in animation, the tiny changes that are normal in human motion look really weird in animation. Yeah. That's why all the characters in the Polar Express look like they're swaying all the time. Like they just kind of look unsteady. And that's because humans have natural sway. Right. That like we process as like a normal human motion. But when you put it in animation, right. because we're not used to seeing it, it looks like they're just like making that choice to sway. Right. And so... Now one character was making that choice to sway. <laughs> and it was the hobo. Yeah, he, however, was swaying all <laughs> up and down, left and right. And so that's why, like, even if you try your best to... It's basically the whole, you know, reason, especially, like, why mocap looks super wrong is because it's nigh impossible to perfectly replicate human movement. Right. And so even if you're trying to match up the eyes to where they would be looking, it would never exactly match where the actor was looking at that time or like where their intention was and so right. it's always gonna look slightly off now people who are upset about the skyrim guy his eyes kind of looking in slightly different directions mm-hmm. have never kissed a guy with glasses when his glasses are off <laughs> oh it's the horse <laughs> because that's exactly what it is space it's really confusing it's really confusing they can tell they can't really see your yeah, face. Yeah, they're kind of just like, there's vibing. <laughs> um, his name is Bob. <laughs> the guy you kissed? <laughs> um, the motion capture Viking dwarf. Okay, is... I was like, the guy from Polar Express? Who's Bob? <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus. But they um, meet the cheesemonger, Monty's cheese dealer. Right. Um, and then he is like, oh, I'll take you to Pete. It's sweet, sweet Pete. Pete. And it's an adult version of Peter Pan. Now, this is going to raise more questions. This was funny, though. I did laugh. It, it is funny. It's, so it's basically... Well, I guess it doesn't raise more questions. because He's a child actor. He was a child actor, which... And I'll go ahead and say this now. This caused controversy. Because the actual child actor who voiced Peter Pan died of a drug overdose at the age of 30. Yike. I don't think... So the... Yike. Um, I don't think they, like, meant... This is like when Ulta sent out that email that said, come hang with Kate Spade. (laughs) So they originally were going to do Charlie Brown. um, Because they wanted like that, you know, child that like is getting revenge for not being popular anymore. Um, And then they ended up choosing Peter Pan, which in their defense did make it easier for licensing because it was a Disney character. But they called him like Two Buck Chuck. Sorry. (laughs) That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, But because they were working with Disney, it was easier to license a Disney character. Which it, that is the thing about this movie that is confusing to me. It's that Disney is so protective over its IP that mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they were okay with this movie. Sometimes. I, I mean, guess they went, fuck Peter Pan, we don't care. They took a risk and I think it paid off. Yeah. Um, I think they're realizing that they're in a time where being self-referential and self-deprecating in some ways is going to be beneficial to well, them. Well, they have had to pay for Ugly Sonic? Yes. Okay. They, or they had to at least get express permission. I don't know necessarily the budget that was involved in that, but they did have to reach out to every you know, production company, every like, uh, you know, get permission for all of these, which actually led to some cool crossover in terms of production mm-hmm. because one of the animators from Who Framed Roger Rabbit was brought in specifically to draw Roger Rabbit's cameo at the start of the film. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't, like, try to... Re- like, they... It was... The thing I like about this movie is that Akiva has openly said that it's a love letter to animation. I was literally about to say how I said that Pokemon Detective Pikachu is like a love letter to Pokemon fans. This is a love letter to animators. Yes. And so, like, and, and I'm really glad that the production reflected that. Yeah. Um, 
they also, the ponies from My Little Pony Friendship is Magic are, like, make a little cameo. And they brought in animators from Top Draw Animation who did the 2017 film and the series. Do you think that they regret what they put out in the world? The My Little Pony guys? Yeah. Probably. Do you think they ever just sit there and think, I mean, we, we asked if we could, we never asked if we should. But ultimately, they said that the animation budget was like an eighth of what a Pixar or like normal Disney film would be. I mean, because you don't have to, an- I feel like ha- the, the stuff in Disney and Pixar that takes forever is the stuff you wouldn't think would take forever. Right, but um, that it still accounted for half the film's total cost. Still, the amount that they were able to do for relatively a very small animation budget, especially having to swap styles so much. Like, yeah. um, the Rescue Rangers, Chip and Dale, weren't hand-drawn. They animated them in a 2D style using 3D technology so that they would move in the space better and have more um, capabilities, like um, the clothes. The clothes look great. The clothes looked fantastic. At one point, Chip, a 2D hand-drawn, you know, quote-unquote character, is wearing, like, 3D clothing because he borrowed it from Dale. Uh, from, yeah. And it just looks correctly weighted like yeah. weight is so hard mm-hmm. to get in these things and like that's what i'll say like you know whatever you have to say about this movie i do think they you know whether it looks right or not they put them in the world successfully yeah. and it's yeah, yeah, like yeah. pretty impressive they didn't do anything wrong <laughs> they just i think also asked that they could and not if they should <laughs> but they 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 meet sweet pete yes who but, is just like a drug dealer version of Peter Pan who grew up and it's kind of confusing a little, but whatever. But um, what I was saying is, uh, yeah, the Peter Pan's original voice actor from the 1953 film, his name was Bobby Driscoll. He, his life fell into decline in the years following the role, leading to his death from heart failure caused by drug use at the age of 31 in 1968, 15 Oof. years after the movie came out. Oof. So, oh, so he was 16 when they made the movie. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. And so people were like, hey, I don't think you meant to do this, but this kind of feels in poor taste. I think it was just an honest mistake. Yeah. I don't think they like meant to. But basically you find out that Sweet Pete is in revenge for his life declining, you know, by not being like a good enough animated character or whatever, is making these bootlegged animations, you know. Mm-hmm. That's his ploy. That's his thing. Which is kidnapping and human trafficking. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Liter- like in the most literal like sense except him- there's also like body mutilation in between um, oh there, there was something i didn't i forgot to mention flounder from- well i was gonna mention flounder but there's something before flounder i wanted to mention. Ah, okay so at the beginning of the movie before we get to the whole monterey jack plot um dale is at a con basically. yes yes dale's at a con and <laughs> that's how they do their 3d reveal that's when he shows like he got this 3d surgery so is this about ugly sonic no damn it all i will get to ugly, ugly sonic so he goes to this con and on like whatever like Comic Con stage they have they're like oh please welcome Baloo yep um and so Baloo comes out and it is the live action Jungle Book version of Baloo and it's a jazz remix it's a jazz remix of Bare Necessities and later Dale was like oh like look at Baloo you know people didn't think about him for years but then he got the surgery in this case the surgery was being reinvented into three D for that Jungle Book remake and like his career came back but then he meets Lumiere. And Lumiere is still 2D animated, yeah. but by the time this movie came out, the 3D or the live action beauty. Is that, oh, is that why you screamed and ran over from the kitchen? <laughs> because I <laughs> I think that they went two didn't happen. <laughs> 3D Which, beauty beast didn't happen. I also do that on a daily basis. That's me every day. I wake up and decide to believe that the live action beauty and the beast did not happen. But I thought that that was interesting that, you know, Lumiere was still 2D. They didn't want to give him that 3D, like No, Uncanny Valley, that one. Yes. But specifically Lumiere. For me, my issue with the Beauty and the Beast movie isn't that it's Uncanny it's Valley. It's Emma Watson. 
My issue is that um, because they tried so hard to make it realistic, it's not that it's Uncanny Valley, it's that you lose all of the character definition. Yeah. And so you're not able to get any character from like the face. Right. Like their faces barely move because you have to, you can't put bulging eyes on a realistic the candlestick. The thing that sucked is that it was close. Beauty and the Beast, some of the stuff they added was really good. I did like what they added. Mm-hmm. Mainly the LeFou plot line that made Where he me, danced with a man for one second? And I sobbed the entire yeah. way out of the theater. But like they like some of some of the loose ends they tied up, but they just introduced a bunch more in the process. My thing was just um the whole and it, it was the same thing with the Lion King, um, you know, right. live action remake, which was really just a 3D animated film. Right. Um, is that realism isn't colorful. Yeah, I was going to say it drains all the color. And so a a lot of these movies were really beautiful when they came out because they were like full of color and you were able to, you know, create these characters that had really expressive faces. Gold's not like a pretty color. And so when you try to make them realistic, you can't have that expression because you have to like fit their entire face into like a very skinny candlestick or like make it look Mm -hmm. like it would still be a real object or, um, you know, like... I haven't even watched the full live-action Lion King. I tried to, and it was—it made me so upset that I turned it off. It is funny that we say it's live-action. Is there anything live in it? No. It, it's, it, it's, it's all... It's just 3D animated? It's all 3D animated. Now, the Jungle Book was well-received. Yes, and so my theory... We're getting it... This is the other thing I almost wrote my thesis on. Uh, guys, just a quick, <laughs> quick side note is that I was a computer science major, and I did not write a thesis. Is that I think that Cinderella and Jungle Book were both well-regarded remakes because the original movies had something that could be improved. My issue with Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, and Aladdin is that they're from the Disney Renaissance and are often regarded as perfect movies. And so trying to add anything or change anything is going to be very, very hard to make the original better. Right. Whereas, like, if you watch Jungle Book, it's a little bit racist. Um, You know, it's not, it's kind of boring. Not a lot going on in the original Jungle Book. And so they alter the plot a little bit, you know, change some also like plot things in addition to the animation to make it more enjoyable to watch. I think Cinderella did the same thing. I don't think we need a live action Little Mermaid. No, I, I think anything from the Disney Renaissance, making it live action is only going to hurt, not help. Granted, the costumes are beautiful in the live action Beauty and the Beast, but compared to a unattainable ideal of an animated film could right. not stand up. Um, but they were some dope ass costumes. <laughs> uh, and so we see, we later see when we're seeing Sweet Pete's whole thing, he takes Flounder and they erase their mouths and then send them to bootleggers and all that. They erase their mouths and kind of fuck them up a little, right? Yeah, and they like they like swap out their parts. So like at one point, like Dale or Chip goes to the machine and gets like a Snoopy ear. So yeah. they're basically like, literally like dismembering them and selling them for parts. That's so dark and terrifying. It's so good. <laughs> it's so scary. But like we see him take Flounder, which I I don't again, I don't think this was intentional, but it is funny that Flounder is the next one who's going to be getting the 3D surgery. Which now are they? <laughs> I want to know if it took them a month to figure out what fish to make flounder. <laughs> Probably because you can't be a flounder, right? Because they have the two eyes on the side. Because flounders head. are flat and creepy looking and ugly. Yeah, I'm creeped out by the thought of talking fish. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually think this is a good time for my mini game. She's very excited about her mini game. Well, because I thought of it and I was like, I was so worried about my mini game for this one because I was like, I'm not going to just read a chapter of my thesis. I'm doing that anyway. That's, <laughs> that's Natalie's mini game. So. <laughs> so we've been talking about bootlegs. Yes. And like these idea of like bootlegged um, called also mock busters. <laughs> I love puns. Um, so the definition of mock is a film created to exploit the publicity of another major motion picture with a similar title or subject. Gotcha. And so it's like those knockoff Disney movies that you see on VHSs at thrift stores where it's like, 
the small mer girl. And oh, I love like, the small mer girl. And it's girl. just like a shitty drawing of a mermaid, yeah. but they're like just like full knockoffs. Right. Um, trying to capitalize off of the original film's profit. There's a lot of these. I have one, twelve. Twelve. Titles and log lines. Five of these I made up. Fun. All right. And the rest are real bootleg animated films or mockbusters. See, now we are we are we are cross, uh, treading a line of these things that you made up may be real. I so uh, we'll, we'll get there. Okay. We will we will get there because I there was method to my madness. Okay. Our first movie is Ratatouille. I wonder who did that one. Okay. <laughs> wait. So what is? That? <laughs> it is a mockbuster of Ratatouille, and the logline is a talking rat named Marcel, living in a world of talking rats, owns a restaurant called Ratatouille along with his friend Greg. While a group of villain mice plan to find out their secret recipes. That's real. That is real. I I was like, that can't... And then I there are so many names, and I went, I don't think you put a bunch of names in it. I don't know. Maybe I do. Maybe. Although you, do, you do know that Greg is my go-to funny name. I do know that. Because I, I also... I do Craig. I'm a big <laughs> Craig head. So yes, that was... Um, a lot of these are from the same company. Um, I don't I don't want to credit them because they're fucking dumb and they're stealing flag- from art. They're flagrantly ripping off. Um, but a lot of them are actually based in Brazil. Huh. Like, not China, like a lot of people assume yeah. them to be. And some of them come from America. Like, it's... Like, well, because it, 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 it treads that line of, like, yeah, Disney. A lot of Disney stuff is as actual property, not Disney's. That's why a lot of them are able to get away with it. Yeah. Is because the stories are fairy tales. Now, I don't know how Ratatouille <laughs> is absolutely not a fairy tale. But that's how, like, the tiny mer girl with Mariel the mermaid, like, that... That they can get away with, like, because technically the base story is public domain. Yeah. Or at least not owned by Disney. <laughs> Do so you have any idea what the Ratatouille looks like in Ratatouille? <laughs> <laughs> um, but Disney eventually was able to sue because the cover art was so similar. similar to the <laughs> Does it look the same? That's the issue. Is that the Ratatouille, just a piece of cheese? I think this is Greg, maybe? The rats and, that's and sexy lady rat with boobs. <laughs> Okay, so you got that one. That, one, that yeah. one unfortunately is very real. Okay, next. Stay tuned for our Ratatouille episode. Little Cars in the Great Race. Okay. This is a knockoff of Cars. Is it? Okay. Delivery car Cruz dreams of being a racer, but he can't until the big race comes to town. He must now race for his company he works for after tow truck Lugnut bets the fortune on the champion. This is real. This is real. Yeah. Um, a lot of names in there. You might be surprised later. Now, let me put out here that she has, you have named two different versions of a fake Little Mermaid. So if there's a Little Mermaid on here, I'm going to assume that you made that one up. <laughs> there's not a Little Mermaid Damn it, on here. Because you come up with like multiple different names at this point. Um, yes, the Little Cars and the Great Race is real. There were also, I think, two sequels that came out with Hell yeah. the following Cars. Hell yeah, go Cruise. <laughs> Cruise, which is weird because in Cars 3, they introduce a character named Cruise. Also, Cars, not public domain, so... <laughs> But the, I, the, the general idea of Cars is, like, I guess sure. it's not the exact same plot. I mean, yeah, I guess Disney doesn't own Cars or the concept of a big race. <laughs> Number three, The Unbelievables, a knockoff of The Incredibles. The Unbelievables are a family with superpowers who tried to live normal lives in the town of Hiddenville. The family has twins Phoebe and Max. Phoebe dreams of being a superhero, but Max wants to be the next big supervillain and use his powers for evil. They face off against villain Mayhem and his Z-Force. This is fake. This is fake. This is the plot of the Nickelodeon TV show The Thundermans. <laughs> it is the plot of The Thundermans? 
Yeah. I didn't know that. Wait, which Thunderman wants to be a villain? Max the boy. Wait. I didn't even change the name. Good job. You got the unbelievables. Neat. Okay. Tiny robots. Well, this is a knockoff of Wally. <laughs> In the distant future, Earth is no longer inhabited by humans to be the home of robots. Trank. An old-fashioned model of robot lives in the city of New Iron. But when the leader of the city comes up with a terrible plan to dominate the planet, Trank is the only robot able to resist. Fake. No, this is real. See, interesting. That's not the plot of Wally. None. A lot of these will be um, different movies. But in fact, um, in Wally, they're pretty normal-sized robots. That's horrifying. <laughs> also, I think that might be a GameCube game. <laughs> a lot of these have the animation of a GameCube, GameCube game. game. Yes, Tiny Robots is unfortunately real. Which SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom they recently remade for the Switch as a game on the GameCube still holds up. I used to play it. If you try to buy a copy of it, it's like $80 to try and find it. I have a copy of it, but it's so scratched to all hell. Um, Good game. Animation pretty much holds up, honestly. It's not great, but like for a GameCube game, it's very good. Anyway. <laughs> next one is uh, SpongeBob Round <laughs> Pants Battle for Bikini's Tops. Um, next is, what's up? Balloon to the rescue. <laughs> is this up? <laughs> I'm sorry, again, not the plot of up, okay? Well, you don't know the plot Well, yet. what's up? Um, they don't rescue anyone. Doctor, they murder someone. Dr. Crumb and Dr. Zooks hear that an evil French man has seen some monsters in the Amazon, so they turn the balloons on their house up and travel in the air to get there. Sounds like an Inspector Gadget plot. <laughs> Meanwhile... The French guy tries to get them in a cave so he can steal the magical rock they have and make everyone obey him. Fake. This is real! So the thing I like about that is how many assumptions they make yeah. in that line of you understanding what's... Oh, of course, they have that rock and he wants it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these I had to edit. Um, of course, the rock. I had to edit the log Why did line. they have to be in a cave for him to get it? I had to edit the log line from IMDb because the one on IMDb made no sense as a sentence. Like, whoever wrote it just did not know basic English Or they grammar. knew what they were doing damn well, and that's what the plot of the movie is. Oh my god. Okay, next. Uh-huh. Monster Academy. Fake. What? Not real. Hold on. Oh, okay. Let me finish. Sorry. Jesus. <laughs> Monster Academy. I'm sorry. Rip off of Monsters, Inc. I like getting questions right before they're asked. <laughs> Monsters Academy focuses on three young monsters, Ikis, Oblina, and Crumb, who attend a school- Not another Crumb! Who attend a school for monsters under a city dump and learn to frighten humans. They must make it to the surface in order to perform scares as class assignments and chaos ensues. Fake. This is fake. Yeah. Where did I get this plot? Oh shit, I didn't listen. <laughs> you were just convinced it was fake from the get-go? Monsters Academy, I was like, that, that's, that can't be, uh... This is the plot of all real monsters from old, like, Nickelodeon cartoons. Ah. <laughs> it's just the plot of Monsters University. Next. Little Bee. This is the Bee movie. So. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't get opinions. <laughs> go ahead, bee. go ahead. When a war threatens a beehive, peace may come from unexpected places. A honeymaker wants to fight and a soldier wants to make honey. What happens when these bees decide to follow their hearts instead of the rules? Now, when you showed me, I think, uh, Little Robots, I did see the Little Bee art. Oh, did you? So this is real. Oh, no, it is real. I did see the Little Bee art. He's little. He's a bee. He's little. He's itty bitty baby. Next. The Secret of Mulan. When Malakan declares war, the emperor orders all able-bodied males to fight. 
a young female caterpillar. to specify. A young female caterpillar named Mulan disguises what? herself as a male warrior named Fa and leaves home to take her elderly father's place in the emperor's army. She proves to be a capable warrior and quickly rises through the ranks with each winning battle. This is the same plot as Mulan, but everyone is a bug. Okay, they're all bugs. They're all bugs. It wasn't just the plot of Mulan, but Mulan is a cat. It is the exact same plot as Mulan with the exact same name. This is real. This is real. Everyone's just a bug. Mulan is fun because Mulan is also public domain. Yeah. And so they went, what if everyone was a bug? And I respect that. Next, we have Bug Bites and Ant's Life. A neurotic man. This man, is a I walked into of, this one. This, is, this one's a knockoff of a bug's life. A neurotic ant tries to break from his totalitarian society while trying to win the affection of the princess he loves. Real. So no. Damn it. While the title is that's a, the plot of is a real title of a bug's life. Did you knockoff? just put the plot of a bug's life in there? I put the plot of ants, <laughs> which is the movie that came out the same year as a bug's life. Fucking hell! <laughs> that is just the plot of ants with a Z, right? Yeah. <laughs> which, which not, is not the ant bully that is a different ant movie the ant bully came out like 10 years later yeah the ant bully came out while we were children i just remember the and um so the other ones came out while we were feti uh, uh or also while we were children just smaller children it would have been 98 or 99 some small children or like, feti yeah um but that one is actually not a phenomena that one was jeffrey katzenberg was working for disney yeah. saw their inside secrets got fired went to dreamworks Left and just did a new one and a worse one Made a worse one. Actually, at the time, it was more successful. But as- DreamWorks is fun because they're like, we can make ugly shit. Who gives a shit? We don't care. People will watch it. Doesn't have to be cute. Next, like the hair one block. We don't care. The funny lives of pets. Catnip Everdeen and Ryan Fleecrest take you on a crazy ride into the funny lives of pets. There's no answer I can give that will make me okay with what you just said. I know. This is. This is fake. This is real. Honestly, good. I don't think I could have kept living with you. If, if you I came up with Catnip, Catnip Everdeen, Everdeen and Fleet. Why is it a character and then an actual actor? <laughs> so it's like a movie, but the movie is like formatted like America's Funniest Home Videos. Okay, um, okay. Actually, I can I can buy it. I can I can buy it. That makes sense, actually. Okay. Somehow. Next. Oh, villainous me. This is a knockoff of Oh, I can't tell. What is... Ooh, I wonder. Evil genius Gleb. Finally defeats his do-gooder nemesis, but is left without a purpose in a superhero-free world. He changes his ways thanks to the feeling of love to defeat an even worse villain. Real. This is fake. Damn it. I really wanted to see fake minions. (laughs) Where did I get this plot? No, I know it's not that Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie where he gets the suddenly has a daughter. What is it called? <laughs> the game plan. Yeah, I know it's not the game plan, but it sounds similar. Uh, no, this is Despicable Me Too. No, except for that, I changed the name, but this is the plot of Megamind, <laughs> which also came out like uh, eerily yeah. close to Despicable Me and has a very similar plot. Well, actually, Despicable Me, I would say Megamind has a similar plot to Despicable Me Two because there's not a love line plot in Despicable Me. Well, yeah, they're not, they're not the exact same plot. Yeah. They're the exact same plot. But it's like reformed villain. It, yeah, it's, 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 it's villain has to be better to defeat a worse villain. And then finally, uh-huh. Zoo Alone Lost in Kenya. This is, a, is... I'm sorry, let me ask real quick. Is Zoo Alone two words? Zoo Alone. So it's like home alone. Yes. But instead of a home, it's a zoo. And this is Madagascar. This is Madagascar. Okay. An adolescent lion is accidentally shipped from the New York Zoo to Africa. Now running free, his zoo pals must put aside their differences to help bring him back. Now let me speak to who, how, who, how, how that mistake got made. Let me know how that worked. Who, I can, I can, I can't tell. This you. is real. No. 
this is the plot of The Wild, another movie that came out that the same year That was the same as Madagascar. Madagascar. I was literally trying to remember that one because it was, again, just a worse looking Madagascar. That is not a bootleg. That is um, The Wild. And you just had fun doing Home Alone puns. <laughs> this is going to... Because if I just named it Kenya. This is going to end with one of us leaving and I don't know which one yet. See, this is the thing also. We're recording this the day before it's supposed to come out. Um, I'm going to be so tired. Which I felt bad about, but now that I'm in it, it's really mostly going to be Delaney cutting out Delaney stuff. (laughs) It's going to be a lot of Delaney-based editing, because I'm not talking that much. (laughs) Anyway, back to the plot. Um, I think this is an ACAB movie. I didn't talk about the cops. Um, Because they're stupid. Police Officer Putty, who's like a little Gumby-type guy. I think he's voiced by J.K. Simmons. It sure sounds like J.K. Simmons. Hmm. It's not Gene um, Simmons. It is J.K. Simmons. No, it's not Gene Simmons. I just said a fact. That's a fact. That was not my one fact. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself. Yeah, it's fine. We also, so yeah, so the police officer and then the girl then, who's a police officer. Right. Um, her name is Officer Ellie Steckler. Um, she's like, oh, I'm a big Rescue Rangers fan. Right. Which, that is something I will say, too, about the movie that confused me, is how many people were like, I've never heard of it. When, if it had been big when it was big, Officer Putty would have heard of Rescue Rangers. You didn't know it was a real show? Yeah, but I'm 23. I'm not an adult in this world. Because by the oh, time- see, I disagree. I think, I don't think that they were saying it was its world's friends. I think they were mm. saying it was the exact amount of popular it was in our world, where it probably had a strong following, but not everyone knew about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were saying it was, like, absolutely beloved and, like, you know, Seinfeld. Gotcha, gotcha. But they, like, try to do, like, a little red herring with Officer Ellie, um, which is weird because she's a black woman. <laughs> yeah, where she can't name a favorite episode. They're like, she's never seen an episode. Which, although, they do make a point of, like, this wasn't airing in her town when she said she watched it. Yeah, which she was they, watching VHS. They don't clear that up. They're like, this wouldn't have been happening. And then they're like, never mind, we were wrong. And I'm like, but hold on, wait no, a minute. No, she said she had VHSs. So they just, so they, Chip just didn't factor in the idea that you could be watching a VHS. No. <laughs> Why would they? <laughs> now, I support Chip in this movie. I think Chip is right in this movie. I think he, I mean, right on what end? That Dale was a dick to get the show canceled? Or... That they should not get involved with their friend's um, imminent dismemberment in human trafficking. To be fair, <laughs> Dale only wants to get involved to relive the, right. the old days. So right. it's not like Dale has a, a valiant reason for it. Chip is the one who actually gets involved because he's worried about their friend. Right. But Chip is portrayed as the asshole because he kind of like talks down on... Because he's like, oh, like I saved Dale or whatever. And then Dale's like, oh, I'm quitting the show to do my own dumb show. And you guys can whatever. You'll be fine. The show doesn't matter to me anymore. And then they all get canceled. And then he comes back and he's like, remember how good the show was? And I'd be like, yeah, until you fucking canceled it, you dickwad. And like, I don't care that you're a failed actor. I'm trying to do my own thing. I'm selling insurance and I have a dog. That's me and Delaney in 20 years. <laughs> like, dude, remember how great the podcast was? And I'll be like, my dog is not happy. <laughs> but um, they like have this whole thing of Officer Ellie feels the need to redeem herself because they got um, a fake tip a few years earlier and she raided the entire, they were looking for Peppa Pig. Mm-hmm. Peppa Pig was missing. She was looking for Peppa Pig. We don't know if she ever got Peppa Pig back. I think in this universe, Peppa Pig is dead. I think Peppa Pig is doing those creepy ass YouTube videos of Peppa Pig. <laughs> you know? The ones that people made just to terrify children for no reason, fucking psychopaths. The reason they had to make a YouTube Kids. But um, ultimately, they find out that the police captain is just in on it the whole time. In the whole time. 
And then Officer Ellie has been genuine and also didn't know that Officer Putty was in on it the whole time. She's also a human. Yeah. Um, it is funny with Officer Putty, though. Um, he he gets um, fingerprints by, like, putting his putty Smart. hands down. And then he takes a little cheese, like, Smart. slicer and slices off his, Smart. like, thin layer of skin. Granted, that's not quite... That wouldn't quite work to get a fingerprint. But I like it. It's fun. I assume he, like, put the dust down, maybe, and then... Uh, you know, the way you do fingerprints. I like that one. Um, yeah, so I, 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 it's not a cab because Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers is inherently a cop show. It is. But this one is like, I guess don't trust the white male cops, but trust the black female cops or those who and, are chipmunks. And certainly don't fucking trust the cops that are made of putty. <laughs> They're always corrupt. They're all made of putty, am I, I might, right, folks? I, I might be the only person brave enough to say this on a podcast, <laughs> but putty cops are simply bad. Oh, we didn't talk about because Ugly Sonic ends up saving the day. Because he's doing a show with the FBI. Ugly so Sonic infuriates the, me. And so he gets the FBI to show up. Yeah, Ugly Sonic is there in the beginning. He's at, he's at the teeth, convention. With his human teeth. Um, originally, it was going to be Jar Jar Binks. Which I'm actually glad it didn't work out to be Jar Jar Binks. People don't hate Jar Jar Binks because he looks creepy. They hate him because he's Jar Jar Binks. Um, they don't love the mocap, but I think what happened is there wasn't an Ugly Sonic equivalent until Ugly Sonic came out. Yeah. So like this, um, Akiva Schaefer became attached to this film in May 2019, but it had been in pre-production since 2014. <laughs> so up until it would have been early 2019, it would have been around when Akiva joined that the first trailer for Ugly Sonic Now, was came out. that a publicity stunt? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I genuinely don't know. And I don't know if I'm ever going to find out. But first look of Ugly Sonic came out right around May 2019 because I was with my (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Ladies, you looking for a hot date? Go see Sonic the Hedgehog. My ex-boyfriend was on Tinder after we broke up just to find someone who would see Sonic with him on Valentine's Day. There was nothing left in her glass and she took a sip. (laughs) Um. (laughs) But I think... Jar Jar Binks would have been the only equivalent of like a, a thing people ever like everyone hates. A maligned character that also just happens to have shitty animation until hated. Ugly Sonic came out and they were like, well, hold on. Hold on, guys. You <laughs> see those human teeth? I don't. I, I need know. to know who would have been like, this is a good design. And then they were like, fuck it, cut it. We're going back to being normal Sonic. Yeah, I don't know. I, as much yeah. as I would love to be like, no, it wasn't a publicity stunt, it would have been a pretty smart one if it was Uh, yeah i always hoped it was i would like to so that you know a shit ton of animators weren't working until three in the morning for six months straight um on no overtime but i hope that they killed and ate whoever came up with the design if that's the case (laughs) (laughs) she loves ugly sonic actually she thought the human teeth added a lot i i really don't think the human teeth is even like top three issues with ugly sonic i think the main thing was um that so Sonic classically has like one big eyeball that just like has like a vague yeah, yeah, separation yeah. of like where the two eyeballs are, but it's like one like like a visor. Yeah, and they just gave him two little beady eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and so he has so much face in relation to his eyes. Ugly Sonic is what it would be like if it had followed the plot of Stuart Little. Where he was a human man who was just born. I had a feeling that to we were, look like Sonic. That we were going to talk about Stuart Little in this episode. I was because well, I had the best moment of my life where I was the one who told Delaney that in the books Stuart Little is not in fact a mouse. He's a small, small boy who is 
a mouse Quote, like mouse like in every way possible except for the, the except DNA. for genetics genetically he, and, and him being born out of a human woman he came out of a vagina like that <laughs> like a human vagina not like a mouse vagina well i mean at least it was an easy labor and we don't have to deal with the idea of there being human children who watched a mouse get adopted <laughs> They find, like, the operating machine, which is, like, yeah. this big MRI machine that yeah. alters the tunes' bodies to send them off. Mm-hmm. And they, like, see, like, a collection of parts. Like, they see Monty's mustache. They see, like, individual loose ears. And then they, like, accidentally get caught in it, and they make it out mostly unscathed, except now Chip just has a single Snoopy ear. <laughs> which I do think is very funny. But then Ellie gets lured to the like place by Putty, and then yeah. that's when we find out that Putty has been a snake the whole time. Yeah, this plot's not really like the most clear cut plot. It's fine. And then it turns out that Putty was the one who gave Ellie the false tip that like got her in trouble with the Peppa Pig case, right? Um, but like also why Pete hasn't been caught yet, because like Harvey Weinstein, he was friends with the LAPD. <laughs> she didn't like what you just said. Um, and then... Yeah, wait, what even happened? They call... They, uh, Ellie... So, Dale has... What, by the time Ellie gets there, Dale has gone home. It's just Chip and Ellie there. Why? Um, Chip gets caught. Yes. And then taken to the warehouse, and then Ellie is lured there. Um, and Dale pieces out. Sweet Pete Dale's has Ellie call Dale to get him to also come, but then she leaves him a coded message in the phone call. About her favorite episode. About her favorite episode. And so he realizes she's in trouble... Gets the other rescue rangers, who are now married. Gidget and Zipper are now... Gadget, Gadget. <laughs> Gadget and Zipper are married with children. With like 30 children, because Zipper's a bug. It's fine. Um, and then they get into the warehouse, the machine goes haywire, turning S- Sweet Pete into this amalgamation... It's so scary. ...with a Wreck-It Ralph arm and a robot leg and a cat head. So scary. Now, and- I did want to add, I saw, I did read that there, just not really one fact... I did read that there was a, um, there's apparently a, and they're not sure if it's right because it might be a weird translation or something that was like a joke, but mm-hmm. in Russia, there is allegedly a cult following for Gadget over her being the ideal woman, like the perfect mixture of being intelligent, but also <laughs> optimistic and cute. Oh. Just wanted to throw that oh. out there. Not my one fact, not my one fact. Ellie kills Putty because, look, the dude's made of Putty. So like she freezes him, and yeah. then I think knocks him over, and then he gets. So I would think he would thaw, and then be fine. Well, no, but like if you destroy him, I don't know if he can get himself back to. I think she maybe puts him in a bag. Yeah, I think he is alive at the end. Yeah, yeah, like he's d- just destroyed. They go through the warehouse. They find out that the bootlegs are filmed there, not overseas. Right. The issue was here the whole time. <laughs> um, and then the FBI, led by Ugly Sonic, arrive. <laughs> Sweet Pete fires a cannonball at Chip, but Dale jumps in front of it to take the hit. Which, if he were a real chipmunk, would have killed him. And you know what? They both would have been hit. <laughs> because of, they find out that he didn't die because the cannonball hit. Um, he had So it was um, a very tiny cannonball? It was he, a bullet? No, I mean, I think it was a small cannonball, but it was still a cannonball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he had a pog, like, in his shirt that I guess acted as a cannon-proof vest? Yeah. Now, my one fact is that chipmunks live to be three years old. <laughs> So this whole plot wouldn't have worked. They would have been dead. <laughs> um, then they free all the bootlegged tunes. Um, 
Uh, Pete gets like a hit by like an anvil, basically. Right. Um, because he's cartoon, so that's fun. Now that is Eastern chipmunks that live to be three years old. What about Western chipmunks? I don't know if they're even Western. They're another kind of chipmunks, six to ten years. Oh, okay. So still not thirty. No, yeah, but I'm assuming these are Eastern chipmunks. And then they, um, Ellie starts her own detective agency, and they film a Rescue Rangers reboot. Nice. And that's, and that's the plot. This movie upsets me. Why? I don't know. It's so I just want you to vocalize it. That's all I want. And it frightens me. Why? It's scary looking. I don't like body horror to begin with. I would argue that this isn't necessarily the Uncanny Valley. I'm not, I'm not talking about Uncanny Valley because I don't mind the Uncanny Valley. I mind You body just don't horror. like the dismembering part of it? I don't like that. Well, so there's Uncanny Valley, which is, I would say, there's the attempt... It started, people started doing like malicious ones for like fun. But like Mm -hmm. the intent behind it is they wanted to look like a human. They don't quite get there. Yes. The thing I don't like is when people start with a human base and like edit it Mm -hmm. and make like the mouth too big or something like that. That creeps me out. This has, it's just so creepy. It's such a creepy concept. I don't think I was able to get over it, how scary this concept is. So for you, it's like the central plot as opposed to like the medium. Yeah. It's it's the, like, bootlegging, like, taking... I'm also, uh... I'm not a purist. I just like... I like animation to be cute. Mm-hmm. And look look nice. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of this did not look nice. Wasn't bad. Just didn't look nice. <laughs> I didn't like it. I didn't want it to be that. <laughs> now, you think this is a great movie. I do. I, I think it is... Again, it, it's similar to like what you said with you know it being a love letter to animation, like how you loved Detective Pikachu because it was a love oh, yeah. letter to, to Pokemon people. Like it, it just feels like so much love was put into it right. and so much effort. Like it wasn't, especially in the era of reboots that we're in. Right, right. There was effort put into it and very smart effort, mm-hmm. both about the thing it was rebooting and also the medium and the the culture and um, like the environment it was being put out into. It feels like a room full of animators were just making each other pee their pants laughing, <laughs> coming up with ideas. And that's how this movie was created. But yeah, I, I, I just think it's really smart. I also like, I think it's entertaining. I think it's funny. This is um, a great time for my mini game. Okay. God, I'm scared. You're not going to like my mini I'm game. I'm scared. You're not going to like it. She's not going to like my mini game. And that's saying something, considering my last minigame was you having to decide who died of rabies. Yeah, and I killed some. Oh, no, right. died regardless. Oh, no. Your diagnosis of Lyme disease couldn't have saved her. <laughs> uh, so, first of all, I did want to just add another chipmunk-based fact. A mm-hmm. Siberian chipmunk lives oh, six to ten years. Okay. They do have tails. Why do no chipmunks have tails? They have little, like, the stubby tails. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Chipmunks are a kind of squirrel. I, I, I would believe that. Yeah. yeah. That's my minigame. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so here's my mini game. Another one where you're gonna probably want to take notes. Oh fucking hell! I have here ten movies. Okay. I don't really have much rhyme or reason in the movies I picked, but it just feels right what I picked. Okay. And I have taken their Rotten Tomatoes reviews, like their uh, their movie reviewer professional score and their audience score, mm-hmm. average them out. Okay. And that's the number we're working on. Cool. So I'm gonna ask you to order them. What you think? Okay. It would be in. Okay. Uh, the first one being this movie. Okay. Then the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> okay. A Goofy movie. Ooh. Aristocats. Okay. Original Peter Pan. Robin Hood. Mm. Boss Baby. <laughs> Boss Baby 2 Family Business. <laughs> okay. Space Jam. Ooh. 
Plan for fun, Midsummer. <laughs> I know it's not going to be at the top because you wouldn't have put it if it's going to be at the top. Okay, um, I have to reorder these. So you're going to order them from, I guess you can do you top, can do top to bottom? Highest to lowest, yeah. Okay. Uh, I think the highest rated, the problem is, mm-hmm. since we're doing an amount, like a, the average of audience and critic, a lot of people do audience score based on nostalgia. Yeah. Um, so the audience score can really influence a lot yeah. because people will do it just based on like, oh, this was my favorite movie growing up. That's um, fair. I feel like the top spot is either Peter Pan or Space Jam. Okay. And <sighs> there's something... No, I don't think Space Jam's... No. I'm gonna put Peter Pan at the top. You're gonna lock in Peter Pan as number one? I think the classic Disney movies have a tendency to be just higher rated in general right. because... The audience score will have nostalgia, and then the critic scores are kind of like, they're like, oh, this is back when animation was fantastic. I don't think Aristocats probably has as high of a score as I would give it. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to put it too near the top. Okay. Um, I am going to Robin Hood. Okay. And then Midsommar. Okay. And then... <laughs> Again, Space Jam's hard, because I don't think it did well critically, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to give it 100% because it's a perfect movie, and mm-hmm. I, I, I love Space Jam. It's an impression of my ex-boyfriend. Anyway, I just feel like it's going to be higher than I want it to be, so I'm going to put Space Jam at number four. Okay. I know it's not going to be right. And then I'm going to put Aristocats. Aristocats at five? Yep, and then Chippendale at six. Chippendale at six? <sighs> Did people like the first Boss Baby? I have not seen either Boss Baby or, or Boss Baby 2 Family Business. My brother watched Boss Baby drunk on our flight to Italy. My dad was watching Boss Baby once in his room, and I... I, walked out. I was watching a documentary on our flight to Italy and I looked over and Aiden had two beers. I was watching and Boss I was Baby. Watching Boss Baby. <laughs> he, one, one beer was for whenever they said boss and the other one was for any time they said baby. Just because I want, I don't want it to be at the bottom, I'm going to put Goofy Movie at seven. Okay. Because if, if it's any lower than that, I'm going to be really sad. I love the Goofy Movie. And then I'm going to put Boss Baby. Okay. And then I'm going to put Sonic. Okay. And then I'm going to put Boss Baby Family Business. Boss Baby 2 Family Boss Business. Boss Baby 2. I don't think Sonic did that well, either critically. But again, it's one of those movies that I feel like a bunch of dude bros would like. That's the thing with audience scores is people yeah. can bomb a movie or hype up a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to... Although Peter Pan's racist. Mm-hmm. Now, what I can tell you is that your current ranks, you don't have a single one correct. Fuck! So. You're telling me something is written higher than Boss Baby 2 Family Business? Or something lower? lower? Yes. As it stands, you do not have a single movie correct. Okay. I will um, also give you the added information that there's only two movies on here that have a vast discrepancy between critic rating and audience rating. Okay. Um, that is helpful, actually. Being more than, I would say, a 30% difference. Oh my god! So I guess if you consider 30% a big difference, then three. Okay, I'm going to change these. I'm going to, I'm going to do a second I would round. do it. I would recommend that since none of them were right. I know. Um, I might have to go with my first gut, which was putting Space Jam number one. Okay. And then I'm going to do Robin Hood. Because okay. I, th- I think the Peter Pan racist things might um, fuck me up here. Okay. And, you know, and then I'll do Aristocats okay. at number three. And then I'll do this movie. <laughs> okay. At four. Because I think this did well critically. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this did do well critically. And then I'll put Peter Pan at number five. Okay. Big drop for Peter Pan there. Yeah. You know, you think back to what makes the red man red, and it really just kind of puts a sour taste in your mouth. Anytime you go to leave a a review of it, they first make you sit through that number (laughs) one more time to, like, really think about what you're doing. 
And then I'm going to put Goofy Movie at six. Okay. Boosting it up a little bit. And then I'm going to put Midsummer at seven. Okay. It's lower than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm going to... I'm going to do a wild card. Okay. I'm going to say that Boss Baby 2 Family Business is rated higher than the first Boss Baby. Okay. <laughs> and then I'm going to put the Boss Baby and then at the end is Sonic. Okay. So, all right. So I know that none of these are correct, but I'm not going to get it. Do you want to reread those real quick? <laughs> we read that order. Number one, Space Jam. Correct. Yes. Number two, Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. Three, Aristocats. Four, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Five Peter Pan, six Goofy movie, seven Midsummer, eight Boss Baby, two Family <laughs> Business, nine The Boss Baby, and ten. So- Look, I don't know anything about Boss Baby Two Family Business. It might be critically regarded. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, uh, cool. So, okay, yeah. Just, just don't tell me how. Just give me the thoughts I'm having is just uh, initially that I did say all of the first ones were wrong, and you put Robin Hood in the same spot. <laughs> oh fuck. <laughs> But I guess you really felt confident in that one. That's fine. That's I never fine. said I was a smart man. Okay. You're gonna... I knew you were gonna hate this minigame. So, on the topic of... So, Boss Baby 2 did score four movies higher than Boss Baby. <laughs> so... <laughs> Chippendale scored higher than every movie I named. So, that is number one. That is number one. I, I considered that... But I didn't think that you would let me have that satisfaction. With 80% across the board. At two, we have Peter Pan. Okay, so I so my original thought of that being high, high was, yeah. was pretty accurate. Okay. Three is Sonic. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sonic comes in with a, a 63% critic rating, but a 93% <laughs> audience rating. Came out to 78%. People did like Sonic the Hedgehog, I guess, or this would be really funny to give it good reviews. Oh my god. Fucking hell. Uh, at four is Midsommar. Okay, thank god. So Midsommar is considered worse than Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> okay. Robin Hood's at number five. Okay. Then we have Boss Baby 2 Family Business. <laughs> Number seven is Aristocats. Oh, that that disappoints me, but I get it. It's not everyone's favorite. I just think it's one of the best um, of the Silver Age yeah. Disney movies. Number eight is Goofy Movie. Oh, that hurts even more a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That hurts. And that leaves Space Jam at number nine. <laughs> See, okay, yeah. I was thinking that what happened to Sonic would happen to Space Jam. Yeah. Um, just because... But maybe that's just a very specific type of person I know, and that's not the majority now, of No, Space people. Jam only edged Boss Baby out by 1%. So the movie is where it got, like, vastly changed. Mm-hmm. Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> which did land at number three. It really did. Because of that, that situation. Um, Goofy movie was pretty... 61% critic, 70% audience. Okay. Uh, Peter Pan was 79% uh, critic and 80% audience, so yeah, it came okay. out at 79.5. Aristocats was 63% critics and 70% audience, which I'm surprised. I don't think that's not a bad movie. No, I genuinely love that movie. Critics fucking hated Robin Hood. So Interesting. 55%. Oh. 81%. Mm. Oh. Audience rating. Weird. Okay. I mean, I guess maybe that's just because um, critics in the 50s were jackasses. Yeah. Boss Baby was at thir- <laughs> uh, uh, 53%. <laughs> I think you 53% critic, and surprisingly, a lower score from the audience, 51% audience. 
But it's okay, because we then see a difference of uh, Boss Baby 2 critic reviews being 46%, but uh, 89% of <laughs> rating for Boss Baby 2 Family Business. <laughs> Boss Baby 2 Family Business did introduce a second baby. Maybe that's what did it. I don't know. When did Boss Baby 2 Family Business come out? I don't know. This one had the biggest discrepancy. This one was a big... Um... Boss Baby 2 Family Business came out um, 2021. This yeah. came out four months before the rust shooting. <laughs> In which Alec Baldwin killed a person. Good thing it came out before and not after. I, that's why I was checking. I was like, did this come out <laughs> after? People just gave it a high rating because they like irresponsible gun use. They were like, yeah, we're, we're pro Alec No, it introduced a second baby. I think that second baby might have pushed it up. It was a girl baby. It is a girl of baby. Of course it was a girl baby. That's what every sequel does. Introduces a girl baby. <laughs> Space Jam came out to 44% critic, 63% audience, leaving Midsommar at 83% critic, 63% audience. Now... The reason I, I did enjoy, I, I wrote these movies down before looking up their scores, so it's not like I picked, like I didn't do it on purpose, right. but I did want you to understand that as much, you love this movie, and this movie is considered better than every other movie I named. <laughs> this movie is considered better than the movie I have tattooed on my body This movie forever. is three movies higher than Midsommar. <laughs> is this Andy Samberg's highest rated movie? I hope so. 80% across the board is kind of ridiculous. That's crazy. Oh, no, I'm sorry. His highest rated movie is at 100% Michael Bolton's Big Sexy Valentine's Day Special from 2017. Mm -hmm. Actually, no. Um, Palm Springs has a 95%. Palm Springs is a fucking fantastic. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I was praying Boss Baby 2 would rank higher than Midsommar. <laughs> but Midsommar is two spots above it. The difference between Midsommar and Boss Baby 2 is less than the difference between Midsommar and Chippendale. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's the fun point. Uh, yeah, the only movie that made it above into the 80s was Chippendale. <laughs> I... <sighs> so unfortunately, you did not get any correct. I know, but you know what? I'm glad I didn't, because if I had assumed <laughs> any of these to be true... You got Boss Baby 2 above Boss Baby, which I think is good. I, I And again, I think my gut instincts, I think they were close enough in um, percentages that I think some of my gut feelings yeah. should give me like recognition. Like... Knowing that Peter Pan would be near the top in that first round, yeah. I think was a gut reaction. And then you moved it to the middle in the second well, round. Well, because then I started to doubt myself. <laughs> and then my second gut reaction of, I bet Boss Baby 2 is above Boss Baby. Well, because I, I genuinely think, I, I, I don't know that there's been a movie that people hated quite as much as Boss Baby in like a minute. Am I in the right industry? <laughs> Should I be here? <laughs> this is so funny to me. Every time, I kept writing movies and every time I would find their result it got it was happier and happier I had Midsommar on at the end it wasn't even like I was like oh let me do this to try and like fuck with this I just put it in there and I was like I can't believe Midsommar ranks fourth <laughs> underneath the Sonic movie <laughs> like it would have been one thing if it ranked fourth among Aristocats Peter Pan and Robin Hood right no 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 uh, the same percentage of critics liked Sonic the Hedgehog as audience liked Midsommar I knew she wouldn't like this minigame but I, I think it was a good mini game. I did like this mini game, and I think you know it proved your point. This is apparently a very good movie. Yeah, currently on my 2022 ranking on Letterbox, mm -hmm. the only things above it are Everything Everywhere All at Once, X, Fresh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and Turning Red. Hmm. Man, what a bad choice for our next movies because I have not enjoyed watching any of the movies we've watched, and it's only going to get worse because my idea was for us each to do a movie we hate. Mm -hmm. So Delaney's whole speech at the beginning about her having movies that she always likes, I am challenging her to come up with a movie she hates, but mine will be first. Which, 
Maybe my answer has changed now. Yeah, which I am excited because I, I it will be nice to break it up with some horror because we haven't done horror in a minute. Uh, <laughs> we haven't done horror in a minute, she says, when her last movie was Cujo. Our last movie was Cujo. Um, and then your movie before that was The Witch. And then the movie before that was Midsummer. Man, I'm predictable. Um, <laughs> It'll be nice to break it up with some horror. Well, it will be, considering what is the... We did... Our last three episodes will have been Lightyear when Harry met Sally. No, Cujo oh, was Cujo. after and Harry Cujo. met Sally. I do not like this movie. I've had a bad time on our green couch, and it's only going to get worse. My next movie is going to be the fucking Wrong Turn reboot. No, well, yeah, so we're going to do the Wrong Turn remake. Oh, uh, originally known as Wrong Turn, the foundation. The foundation. But, but released as Wrong Turn. Yes, so we're going to do that movie. I fucking hate this movie and everything it stands for. Um, this movie fills me with so much anger. As someone who does, it's not even like I was a big Wrong Turn head. Like, it's just the, 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 the. I hope I watch it and kind of like it. The, you won't. I know I the will. The goal behind this movie to exist infuriates me. And I think it'll be when we watch it very clear why I don't like it because the logic of it is. Right. So maybe the real movie was the friends we made along the way. I hope not. Bad oh, movie. Oh, wait, what? What? <laughs> wait, what's up? Depressing movie. No. Movie. Come back, babe, come back. Everyone wants to watch a movie about two girls making a podcast. Uh, uh, what'd you learn from this I movie? love Radio Rebel, huh? <laughs> I love Radio Rebel 2, Two Rebels. Um, Radio Rebel 2, family business. <laughs> we added an extra girl baby. Her, her daughter also becomes a Radio Rebel. Kimmy Ryan plays twins. <laughs> what did you learn from this movie? Uh, what did I learn from this movie? Um, I learned that this movie now gets to rank up with some of the, some of the most terrifying footage I've seen in the movie, which is, I think, still going to remain number one, is the Spider Mom and Coraline. Okay, yeah. Which... Chapter in my thesis. Great. Um, <laughs> that's what I learned, is that uh, in this world, as we go, we might not have reached it yet, but we will continue to see Spider-Man from Coraline-level horror uh, in children's movies. I learned that sometimes you can spend a year writing, you know, your magnum opus. I think that my, my thesis is probably the closest thing I have to a manifesto. Um, and then you don't even get to be involved with the movie that puts it into effect and kind of does it in a visual format. Um, and sometimes if you were just born maybe 10 years earlier, maybe we didn't even talk about the fact that this movie, I think was recorded. Like, I think they went into production right after John Mulaney came out of rehab. Yeah. The movie does kind of have a feeling that John Mulaney wasn't given a script. <laughs> this movie feels like is like Andy Samberg is constantly trying to get him to keep going. Like, he's like, come on, John, we can do it. This was actually the intervention. This was the intervention. The intervention he talks about on Seth Meyers is not actually, like, a bunch of people in a room. It was the recording booth of Chip and Dale. All of a sudden, he looked around, and everyone was in the booth. Fred Armisen was there. Fred Armisen was there. He tells a story of how Fred Armisen was at his intervention. He's like, nothing tells you you need to get better more than Than Fred Fred Armisen looking you in the eyes, completely serious, making no jokes. Not even that. Fred Armisen looking at you and going, you are making bad choices. I'd go, Fred Armisen, what the fuck do you know about my life? Delaney wishes she could speak for another two hours about this movie. I love this movie. She didn't get enough out on this movie. It's okay. It's okay. Um, if anyone wants me to send them my thesis, I will. <laughs> I've not read this thesis. I don't think I will. I might have to move out if I do. No, I'm okay. sure it's a good thesis. My mom liked it. It got honors. Hmm. Oh. <sighs> yep. Next one's going to be fucking wrong turn. Foundation's awful and I hate it. Go I'm wa- excited. Go watch Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Go watch that and then go watch Wrong Turn the Foundation. And, and you'll realize how good this movie is. I mean, you should watch this movie and then all the movies that are in order of how good they are. <laughs> um, please watch Boss Baby 2 Family Business and tell me why people like it. 
Uh, Where can we find you? Oh shit! I was about to sign off. I compl- I was just gonna. Never mind. Don't find no, her. No, 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 no! Please, no, please I crave attention. <laughs> I crave so much attention. You can find the podcast on TikTok at Stop You Ruining It. You can find me on TikTok at Saved by the Dells. Find me on Instagram at Delaney Sears. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm surprised. I don't know why I was suddenly surprised that you got just Delaney Sears as her thing. Do you think other people are named this? Yeah, probably. Most likely. Keep in mind, I my last name's Kim. I have the most common last name in Korea. Uh, not in my Instagram. You can't find me anywhere, uh, except for uh, in the background of some of Delaney's stuff. Um, um, but if you find her car, but if you find my car, which we still don't find, <laughs> I would yeah. love it if you could find it and let me know before I fill out this eight-page theft affidavit. But you know, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. So right. you see a silver Volkswagen Tiguan <laughs> that has a PA license plate. Call nine one one and tell them that bitch her car got stolen. <laughs> I'm gonna go play Fire Emblem some more. Oh, fucking hell. Good night, everybody. Bye.